do you love about the craft beer industry? Is it the liquids, the creativity, or perhaps the physical breweries themselves? For me, it's the people and more specifically, the stories they have to tell. I love hearing them, but sharing them with you is even better. I'm Chris Lukinenko. Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews. Before I jump into this episode tonight, I have to give a big shout out to Brad from Rowling's Labels for introducing me to my guest. Fans of European brewing know that Belgians do things a little bit differently to other regions, which is all right by me. Aussies have been enjoying Belgian beer styles for years in Australia. I'm sure that you've at least tried a, a Duvel, a La Trappe, a Chimay, or if you are really lucky, a Cantillon. Probably butchered all of those names, but we'll keep going. But have you tried a Belgian beer brewed with all Aussie ingredients and brewed by actual Belgians? You know, People who grew up in a lavish Belgian beer culture but wanted so badly to share their love of that they flew thousands of miles to this big brown land to do it. One of those people is on the line tonight to tell me why she felt it necessary to make that trip with her co-founder, Jimmy Van Edevelder. So welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews, Manic Brewing co-founder, Annalise... <laughs> <laughs> Annalise Niskins. Oh, oh, awesome. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> no. Um, no, awesome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's great to have you here. What a great start. Hey, um, just quickly, how many kilometres did you travel to land in Australia from Antwerp? Do you know? Oh, I've, in kilometres, I wouldn't have a clue. All I know is that it's took us 37 hours to be from one doorstep up to the other doorstep. I'm going to say it's roughly 16,000 kilometres. That's a lot. I I looked it up. I just thought you might know. (laughs) (laughs) And my second question is, why did you decide to land in the Gold Coast? Oh, a long story, but I'm going to try to keep it short. I was an exchange student back in 97. So I spent a year in Mentone, Melbourne, did my year 11 there, spent my time with a host family. And I do have an uncle living here in Australia on the Gold Coast that has been living here for 30 years. So the school holidays I spent with my uncle. We always kind of kept in touch, but I was 17, 18 years old, so I went back to Belgium, um, met the husband of my dreams, started a family, a business, built a house and everything. But here we are 25 years later, we're back in Australia and I brought them all over and landed again, but then on the Gold Coast. I thought you were going to say that you'd uh, watched many years of Home and Away on some kind of streaming service over there and just uh, had had to be out here in that that area, even though it's not quite the same, but you know what I mean. Well, (laughs) I always tell people to every um, backpacker that I come across with is as, as soon as you land in Australia and you go back to your home country, you will always have that one food in Australia that will just stay here. That one food <laughs> would never go back to your home country and it would always try to pull you back. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. What is it? What food? No, not the, the foot. A oh, leg. foot. Oh, foot. Okay. <laughs> so let's just explain tonight that there may be some <laughs> lost in translation moments like that because uh, of your accent and me being stupid. But no, that's okay. We'll work through it. I've got to say that, um, you know, I've done things for love in the past that I'm sure all the listeners have done too. But to me, this is a little bit excessive. 16,000 kilometers for the love of beer? What yes. were you doing for your jobs back in Belgium? And did you just hate them? 
Oh, I've got so many stories to tell. Um, <laughs> we we do come from a different industry. So my husband and I, Jimmy, we always have been working together, um, had oh. our own business always. Um, so we came from a different industry. We actually had an air conditioning business. Oh, wow. But more on an industrial scale. So we yep. did hospitals, um, chemical plants, factories. We even did um, some jobs in the nuclear plant of Belgium. Wow. Um, but... As I always say to people, um, whenever you are in a bigger building, you would never, ever walk into that building and say, oh, my God, the temperature up here is just phenomenal. I just want to know who installed that air conditioner. Let me see those ducted heating vents. <laughs> nobody does. Nobody cares. It's always about, well, it's too hot. It's too cold. It's leaking. It's not yeah. working. So um, after been doing that for 15 years, we, we, we sold the business and um, we wanted to do something different. And what puts a smile on people's faces? Beer. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So we always have been home brewing, Jimmy and, and myself. So, and we saw that it always puts smiles on people's faces. And people generally want to know who, why did you brew it? Who brewed it? And all of that. So we, well, we just found the answer up there and came to Australia to purposely brew beer. You must have an amazing marriage because it's working together, living together, and everything <laughs> together. I've got I've got mates who are married that can't even stand to be in the same room as their wife. Oh. Yeah. I'm not um, saying that about mine. I love my wife dearly, and we have a great relationship. But I'm saying yours is amazing to spend oh, all that thank time you. together. Well, uh, on the other, it, look, it's 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 definitely different. Um, at home, we do have moments that we just need to be on our own. Yeah. Um, yeah. And back in Belgium, Jimmy used to go on, on holidays three, four times in a year with his friends skiing, motorcycling, oh, and boys so trips. on. And yeah. I was like, woohoo, yes, the house for myself, finally. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, um, no, we, we are in a very good relationship. It's it's tough working together because yeah. uh, you go to bed with it and you wake up with it. Yep. Um, it's the only thing that we do talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and but no, it's we haven't known anything else. So and that is what we will be keep doing. Nice, nice. Hey, time for a quick break. Don't worry, I won't take long. If you like this story and want to hear more, please subscribe via your favorite podcast service so that you are notified of new episodes. You can also rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify to help others find it. And if you don't follow me on the socials, check me out. I think I go a lot over there. Now, back to the story. So tell me about your extensive training in the art of making Belgian beers. When did that actually begin? When did it begin? As in brewing beer? Yeah, so you were – because you, you did a course, didn't you, to, yes. to actually get qualified or whatever you want to call it. But you'd been brewing homebrew before that and then decided to get serious. Is that right? Yes, correct. Right. So um, we have always have been homebrewing. But with the idea of moving to Australia and changing over our profession and everything, we just felt that we needed that educational part behind us as well. So prior to us migrating um, to Australia in 2016, we decided to go back to school for it as well. So uh, we did a three-year course, um, very like two years very theoretical, and the last year was very practical. And um, I even did a, a fourth year actually just for the prac. I was allowed to do it once more, not because huh? I failed, <laughs> but, <laughs> but because they knew that that at that stage I was so highly interested and um, they knew that I was going to Australia 
and they yeah. just wanted to give me that additional prep. prep. Oh, nice. Um, but nice. I will say here in Australia, I have not been able to touch any brewing equipment yet. Uh, oh, because Jimmy is brewing all the beers, I am stuck in Australia, the country of paperwork, rules and regulations, and I saw that, all of that. <laughs> Jimmy is a smart man. Well, yeah. well, no, maybe not because, you know, they always say that if you want to become a brewer, you've got to get used to cleaning stainless steel, and half oh, yeah. your job is actually cleaning. So so maybe he's not so smart after all. He's let you have the nice <laughs> office job and he's the cleaner. Who knows? Um, uh, no comments. <laughs> so you actually arrived a couple of years before COVID, which was probably a, a positive for you. And I was wondering, did you write your business plan on the plane on the way over, like, you know, many other breweries around the time oh. would have just had just something, you know, very, very simple or – did it take you some time to decide exactly what you what you wanted to do once you arrived in on the GC? Ah, uh, look, being new in the country, there is a lot of um, things that you you really have to think about, as in housing, education for your children, um, getting back into. Um, social life and everything. So it was very tough the first couple of months. Um, we always wanted to brew. Um, so we looked into our options, but we had quite a few uh, visa conditions as well attached to our visa when we came to Australia. Right. Hence why we actually started our brewing journey out of our residential garage here in Pacific Pines. Um, it was a 36 square meter garage. Um, that was the only thing that we were allowed according to our visa because we weren't allowed to have two premises or, or oh. even go into the Gold Coast. Long story as well. So, um, stop. You weren't allowed yeah. to even go into the – you weren't allowed to set foot in Cavill Mall. Uh, yes. Yes wow. and no. Yes. Oh. So it was a temporary visa that we were granted, all because my husband failed his English test a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. So, <laughs> so we were granted a temporary visa, which allowed us to stay in Queensland for up to four years. Yep. But it had to be regional and we had oh, to yes, live, I get you. work and study for two years in regional Queensland. And Pacific Pines, which is actually a like center out of outer suburb of the Gold Coast, yep. that was considered regional. Hence that we had to do everything that we did on a regular basis yep. had to be regional. And and that is why right. we started our business in the garage. Uh-huh. And so what, what did you uh, jump onto Keg King or one of those sort of companies, you know, the online uh, brewing shops just to find out what you um, wanted to get? Was it like just get me anything or did you, you know, spend a lot of time researching and, and picking the perfect brew setup for the garage? Uh, yes, absolutely. Jimmy actually designed it him completely himself. Oh, cool. So we did purchase our equipment in China. Yep. Um, we looked it all up. We, we checked references and everything. Um, we started with something off the shelf, but because we are doing the Belgian style beers and everything, um, and Jimmy really didn't want anything directly off the shelf, um, for certain brewing techniques reasons. Yep. Um, he actually completely redrew it and, and got it made in China. 
Yeah, it was purposely built for our garage. Oh, nice, nice. And we still brew on that one. So at the moment it is our pilot system for new recipe building and just new limited releases that we are doing. Oh, nice, nice. And so how how quickly did word spread around the the suburb that there was these couple of crazy Belgians that have come all this, this distance to brew beer in their garage and that maybe they might want us to try it? Um, huh. so it, it spread pretty rapidly. So I do remember when we were installing everything. So we've got a very steep driveway as well. Yep. So when the trucks came in to offload that big machinery, um, it was like placed on the footpath. And then um, a couple of weeks later, um, we heard from other people saying that, oh, there must be a meth lab or something in that, <laughs> in that garage because all Breaking that bad. stainless steel. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So it didn't necessarily spread in a positive manner to start with, but I'm sure once they uh, they started to try your beers, uh, it, it would have done. So what what was it like? You, you were brewing the beer in there. You Could you not sell it at all? So it was just like having to take – on a little cashy samples or just just getting no. people to try it um oh, it well as i said it, the word spread fairly quickly that as soon as we kind of opened up our little brew house thing <laughs> and started uh, brewing commercially um we got picked up by the news actually it was oh. either seven news or nine news that that dropped by and they did a, a news article on us that was broadcasted here on the Gold Coast News. Um, and that sparked massive intention, like interest as well. Um, who's brewing out of a garage? Who's doing that typical Australian dream, yeah, actually? Yeah. Um, so quickly we, we gained traction in, in selling kegs to bottle shops. Yep. Um, we were doing bottles as well, the typical Belgian 330 mil yes. bottles. Yep. They were sold in in bottle shops and in restaurants here on the Gold Coast and in Brisbane. And that, so I'm talking then 2018. That's when we started commercially brewing and selling our samples, uh, selling our beers. And it it led us to having a nomination for Best New Brewery for Queensland 2019. Lovely, lovely. Did it take you a little while to hit your groove with the beers or were you smashing out award-winning beers from the get-go? Um. Good question. In our brewing course back in Belgium, our teachers, um, they always said to us that whatever that you are doing, do not expect a beer to be perfect from the first go. Yep. It takes about three years' time to perfect a beer. Wow. Yes. So for us, having been able to work out of that garage, it for now, it allowed us that time to perfect our beers. And we do have quite a few batches that in the garage were continuously tweaked and and amended a little bit to make it more perfect. But I can say that from fairly early on, we were able to to grab some medals on um, the Royal Queensland Beer Awards um, and on the Indies as well. Yeah, nice, nice. So you said that you uh, haven't brewed since you've been out here. Yes. What's your palate like? Are you like chief taster or anything like that? I, I, yes, I am. Yep, because they often <laughs> say that um, that women uh, have better palates than men and uh, make make great tasters, beer judges, and all that sort of thing. 
Yeah, Jimmy often comes into the office with two samples and this and that to Annalise. What do you think about this? Annalise, try that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fun part of the job, isn't it? It is, it is. And you've, you've got a teenage son, haven't you? Is he of drinking age yet? Is he taking an interest in this? He turned 18 in April cool. and um, he actually – um, ended his high school in year 11 to do the TAFE course in brewing. Oh, cool. So he started that when he was still 17. And as soon as he turned, he, he only had to do a four months um, as soon as he turned 18. So he might have been the youngest brewer in Australia at that given time. Oh, uh, wow. But he, he can consider himself as a professional brewer. And um, yes, he's only 18 years old and he works full time with us now. Great, great. And and I must say, all kudos to my own kid, but he's the hardest worker you'll ever meet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. I, I've got a 19, almost 19-year-old, so I know they they can be uh, hard to, uh, you know, get motivated sometimes, but when they when they get into doing something that they love, they certainly seem to jump into it with full Absolutely. gusto. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about the drinkers that were coming to the to the garage at the start, did you feel like you had to re-educate your customers about Belgian beers? And the reason that I say that is, I, I suspect that many of the drinkers, you know, only knew of Belgian beers that were maybe you know imports that were either aged by by the time they got to the country and weren't in their yeah, best condition, or maybe served to them like way too cold in a in a chain beer bar that I won't name, but rhymes with Smelligan Smear Pate. Um, <laughs> So did you feel like you had to retrain them in like this is what a Belgian beer is meant to taste like? Um, yes, absolutely. Because um, first of all, I have to say that we do not do any of the wild fermentation. So a lot of people that do yep. come in and expect a Belgian beer, they do expect a wild fermentation and barrel aged and all that, referring to um, Cantillon and Drifontaine and then all those yep. beautiful beers. You pronounce them so much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> but but we don't do them. We do the typical Belgian beer styles, as in from a wit beer, a blonde, a single, double, triple, quadruple strong. Yep. Strong golden strong, ale, strong yep. amber ale, all those beers. So um, no fruited lambics. Uh, no lambics. No wild oh, no, fermentation. No. <laughs> what about uh, saison? Saisons. Yes, we sort of, we do have a couple of saisons. Yeah, okay. Um, but those are more on a on a rotational seasonal um, um, tap. Because yeah. um, I know that's what I was expecting when I was, was going to talk to you until I obviously did my very in-depth research. Uh, that's I think I asked you on the phone, that's exactly what I thought because – and maybe that's something that, you know, people like, you know, Topher and uh, Van Diemen Brewing and uh, La Serene yeah. and those sorts of ones, maybe they've done a really great job of selling that as maybe Belgian beers in the last five years that we've forgotten about all these traditional older styles yeah. that have been around since – 12th century, is it? 12th Something century, like that. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Look at that research. Um, that, we've, that they've done such a great job of converting Aussie drinkers over to those things that we've forgotten about where, where it all started. Yeah. Yeah. And hence why we do a lot of that beer education, as you are saying. We, do, we do find that when people come into our tap room now, they 
um, they they not really have a clue about what a Belgian beer is. So we we do put a lot of time and effort in that beer education, explaining all the beers. Our yeah. um, baseline of our logo is also a story to every beer, um, nice. meaning that there is a story behind every beer. A triple is called a triple because of that certain reason. A saison is called a saison because of that a certain reason and and we explain all those stories to our customers as well and we do take them on a journey yep. um when they come in for the first time and and they absolutely love it so when someone comes up to the bar like you know often actually i was only talking to uh, spotty dog last week and we I asked him the question about what his entry-level beer in inverted commas is for um the the newer drink you know and often it can be like a simple lager or maybe a a session pale ale or perhaps a, a gozer or something along those. What's what's yours? What what are you serving up first up? Yeah, so when people come in and they do say, I like a Stone and Wood Pacific Ale or I'm a um, Forex drinker even or <laughs> an, a Great Northern drinker, um, we, we do offer them a lager as in a, an entry-level stepping into beer because yep. our lager is also very beautiful, crisp and clean. And then we oh, go over to either a wit beer or a blonde yep. or a special belch because those seem to have that slightly more floral, citrusy flavor as well. Not not so much the special belch, but it's all very well balanced, not ha- mm-hmm. outspoken and everything. And then from yep. there, we take them on a journey towards the, the stronger beers and everything as well. Yeah, okay, okay. Please explain to me then if we're going down this road of the Belgian beers, why on your untapped page tonight did I see that you had brewed an American pale ale, a session IPA and an English brand? What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) You're cheating. Uh, No, we're not cheating at all. It is also that we we are in Australia and um, we do get a lot of – Australians in our our tap house, which is fairly normal, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. And it's – it's also to show it's predominantly for our tap room. It's not that um, those beers are getting canned and kegged to to go into the wholesale and yep. everything. Um, they are predominantly more for the tap room to offer a more wider range to our public as well. So when people do come in that are not very familiar with the Belgian beers, yeah. that we can offer that and then take them on a journey as well. So can Belgios brew a pretty, pretty awesome American parallel then? I believe so. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> no, I, I, t- I totally get that. Just just like we were talking before about what might be your entry level beer, you're going to have a, a craft beer drinker who's going to, you know, come in and have a perceived notion of what a, of a Belgian beer is, and until you break that, maybe they will go and find their session pale ale or IPA or whatever, and if you've got that, you may, that means you're not turning them out the door, but it also gives you a chance then to maybe say to them, hey, have you checked out this Whitby with its little spicy characteristics, that sort of thing? Yes, absolutely. That, another, that's how we do it. Another chance to educate them. It's great. I love yeah. it. I lo- I, I, I'm a huge fan of beer. It's probably – I'm not going to, I'm going to say this is an educational podcast, but I learn all the time, and I just think it's such a, a massive thing to be able to to share the craft beer gospel and teach people about all these little cool intricacies for this thing that's been, you know, going on forever. I love it. Yes. I yes. just love it. Um, Absolutely. So you so, need to come into my tap room and then you'll hear all the stories. I need to get up. I cannot remember the last time I was on the Gold Coast. It would be a long, long time ago because of that little COVID thing that yeah. uh, did that. And it is a little little bit of a distance away from uh, from Hobart. But 
not so much that I just got to let you in on a, a people listening to a little secret beforehand. Annalise asked me if it was daytime or nighttime down here in Hobart. She got a bit <laughs> confused with the time difference. Oh, yeah. Australia <laughs> so is a big thing. country, right? <laughs> it's bigger than Europe. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So um, at some stage there, you start to th- realise that, you know, this brew kit is small and we want to make more beer and that to do that we're going to have to find a new place to go. Was it a matter of ticking, you know, the boxes on your on your visa and then right out, let's yes. go, we're going to do this thing? It was definitely ticking the boxes on the visa. So we had to live, work and study for two years in regional Queensland and then you submit the application and then it takes another 16 months before you get granted the, the permanent residency. So we were ready. We were absolutely ready to, to grow our business. And then COVID hit. Yeah, so uh, that put a little bit of a a strain and a waiting time on it as well. But um, we were able to secure a warehouse and moved in and opened up our brewery with Taproom October, November 2021, that is already. Just just in time for the Omicron wave to hit, was it? Yes, Uh, we (laughs) like seriously just opened up our doors and then, yep. Everybody is staying at home. Vaccine, vaccine mandate came in. Um, yeah, no, we've gone through all of that. Um, it's been now a challenging year, but we're yeah. still here. So you're strong. You're stronger for it, as they say. Mm, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than the obvious, being able to produce more beer than you had before, what else has this allowed you to do in terms of you know the brand and and working with more people on it? Um. Well. This is a harder question. Okay. Can you rephrase that, please? Well, I was just sort of thinking that so obviously, you know, more literage is is definitely why you would do this sort of thing. But I would have thought that, you know, is it a chance to educate more people? Is it a chance to combine food with my beer, the reason why I'm doing this? Or is it just to make a bucket load of cash? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you know what they say about building a starting a a brewery and building a brewery, how to make a small fortune. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Start with a big one. Um, No, it it was more about – Yes, we we wanted to grow our business because out of the garage, um, you know, the beer game is a volume game as well. There is only yep. profits as soon as you produce more beer and have lesser of costs associated with yep. it. Um, working out of the garage, we were only able to produce like 150 liter batches at, at one time. Yep. Um, Three kegs doesn't really pay the bills no and and the amount of time that you put into it we we did had uh 2000 liters of fermentation vessels in there i reckon in that 36 square meter it was tight then yes it was and even a bottling machine and a bar um, <laughs> as i said it was really specifically drawn and produced to be placed in that 36 square meter garage and it all nice. fitted in perfectly um, but no again we we needed to expand just to to make the numbers work um, brewing out of the garage and many people have asked me and seek sought for advice on I want to start a brewery as well. You did it out of your garage. I want to do the same thing. My first thing is you're never going to make a dollar out of it because mm. it's just a, a money pit that you cont- continuously have to feed. 
But on the other hand, we did it for three years and it worked for us pretty well because we had brand awareness. We were able to perfect our beers as well. We were gaining customers and, and just, yeah, again, the brand awareness that we got from the outside. So growing into our bigger premises, we had half of the work already done. People kind of knew already who we were and what we were doing which made it easier to, for example, now um, target bottle shops and bars and restaurants. They have heard of us already already for so many years, yeah, which helps. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's, that's exactly right. And I was sort of thinking, you know, in terms of the brand experience that, you know, that beautiful hub that you've created for, you know, social atmospheres, you know, you've got things like comedy, nights and food trucks and live music and Sunday sessions, you know, that's, I think, starting to give – Back to the community, the full oh. offering of what Maddock yeah. Maddock stands for. Yeah, absolutely, and and it works fine. It's it's um, so much fun to hang out in the tap room. I absolutely love it. Um, I always say it takes me more than an hour to to go from our office to the front door because I'm just continuously talking with everybody from table to table, and actually, I just love it. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I was um, I was talking to Bo Curtis the other week um, from the Social Brewers, and he mentioned that when he started his thing, A, he didn't know how to brew when he first started, but B, when it got to time to actually launch in the brewery, he said that he knew nothing about hospitality, which really shocked me, but I, I guess that it's not something, you know, unless you've done it like way back when as a kid, you know, it's probably you've gone off and got another job in another area like you guys probably did. Were you the same? Had you any idea what you were jumping into in terms of the hospitality side of things? No idea at all. <laughs> <laughs> and it is one of the hardest things to do, I reckon. I always refer to, um, yes, we can brew. Tick the box. We've, we've proven ourselves, yes, we can brew. Not a problem at all. Then – Running the business. We've run a business previously. It yep. was successful. Yes, we can do it. We can do the paperwork. We can manage the staff and all that. Yes, we can do that. But then all of a sudden you've got a third business, like a tap room, mm. hospitality. It's so different. It is such a different game that you need to play as well. And it's it's really hard. It is really hard. You um you spend some time, you know, honing your skills in terms of the, the brewing course that you did who did you reach out to not not to necessarily do a hospitality course but who did you reach out to try and hone your skills in that area um we did get a lot of um support from all the other breweries the craft beer industry is one of the most supportive industries i've ever known um so there was no question too hard or not supposed to be asked to any of the other breweries around us. Um, so they always came with, with help and advice on that. Has, has anybody specifically taken you under their wing? Like I know a lot of brewers like to pay it forward and you, all of a sudden you've got a best buddy that's helping you build your business. No, it's it's all of them. I yep. honestly can say it's all of them. And I honestly believe that we are and have paid it forward to other people as well. Um, nice. A few breweries have started up after us as well. And they ha- have all came to us also to ask for advice, and we have openly given that as well. So not a problem there. Um, but and and for the rest, it is uh, sink, swim, drown, f- find a life thing <laughs> to hang on to, crawl up on, on it again. It's yeah, it's trial and error. Have you got to that point now where those relationships are starting to build into things like collaboration, Bruce? 
Um, yes, we have done a collaboration brew with Helios already. Yep. And we have done one with uh, Common Ground, Milton Common Brewing nice. Company. Yep, yep. So we've done two already and, and many more will follow, I hope. And so in terms of like what you are, the, the Belgian brewery, are they coming to you to learn about the Belgian styles and make a Belgian beer with you? Or are you going to them and saying, hey, maybe we take one of your uh, styles, whatever we call those ones, and put a Belgian twist on it? Um, we Yes, we are trying to work together in the sense of either it's an Australian beer but then with a, a Belgian yeast and trying to get that much of yep. that Belgian yep. character coming through. Yep. Or we are starting with a typical Belgian beer and then we see what hops can be added in dry hopping and everything just to make that more Australian as well. Yeah, nice. So in terms, you just mentioned the Belgian yeast. Did you bring any Belgian yeast out with you or is it just pretty much easy to get it from out here these days? Um, everything is available. <laughs> There's um, a thing called the internet. Yes, on the internet. <laughs> so, um uh, for us, um, I can say that we we do work with um, at least ten different yeast strains in our brewery. Okay, and and we propagate them ourselves. You've got it's a little that, bit of a lab, then, have you? Um, not so much, but Jimmy is is pretty well equipped to um, start and and do some propagation uh, with fresh yeast. Cool. Um, we are currently working to repitch and and get all that in place as well. Nice. Um, we are doing it on a, on a little bit already, but that needs to expand. Um, but no, our yeasts, um, they, they they come from wherever any other brewery is buying them yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you have plans to maybe, you know, try and get your own house culture or anything like that going? If, if that would be the case, I would be a very happy woman, but you would, yeah. we, are, we, we are not at that stage yet. No, yeah, I suppose you've got to crawl before you can walk, don't you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, sounds like things are going really well for you. Like, uh, Do you think at some stage you might, I don't know, take a leaf out of your competitor's book, The Belgian Beer Cafe, and maybe look to uh, franchise your tap room into other? No. <laughs> uh, we, are fa- we are actually um, hoping to be on their taps as well soon. Oh, really? Yes. So okay. We are, we are the, the negotiations have been started. Oh, that's great. That's so great. Because from the outside looking in, you, you know, as a, as a punter, I, I look at those things. I, I run them off from, from them because they're just – it's not my thing, but I also do realize that they do have a place. And if that um, does introduce a brand new drinker, like you go there and you see they've got everything, you know, normal business world. But if they can take a drinker on that journey into the Belgian world, I mean, I guess that is a, a great thing for you guys. And then maybe they might seek you out next time instead of going and getting a Chimay or something along those lines. Yeah. I actually believe, hope, it is something that, that plays in my head that. We potentially are a bridge for the Australian craft beer drinker that wants to seek out, okay, where does beer actually come from? Who were the original beer brewers and, and what is the Disneyland of beer? Yep. That is Belgium, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, that they, the Australian craft beer drinker, that they, through us, enjoy a Belgian beer and then hopefully go into the imported Belgian beers. Which yep. is nice. We we can yeah. work of, of both worlds, but also the the expats, the the travellers, and everything that we Belgians we we do go and seek out in the bottle shops our own Belgian beer in whatever country we yeah. are. We do that. Yeah. Um, but then that through us can see that Australian has got a great craft beer industry as well. 
So they come from the imported beers, go towards us and go into the craft and the, into the Australian craft beer industry. So again, I'm, I'm just hoping that I can be a bridge for both worlds. I hope you can be too. I think it sounds pretty cool. So what about future plans now? I mean, you've had a, you've had a pretty big couple of years, you know, moving out here, starting the business, then starting the, the tap room. Is it time for just a bit of a, a rest and just let things settle and, and consolidate or, or do you want to just keep this, you know, whole big exponential wave of, of growth and change going? Um, I'm happy that you asked that question because, yes, indeed, it's been a turbulent six and a half years for us the day that we um, – since the day that we set foot here in Australia. Yep. Um, with with everything, all the stages that we have gone through. Um, for me, the most important thing is at the moment, and everybody knows that, and I'm not too ashamed to to say that as well, it's a little bit of work-life balance. Yep. That everything goes, that everything settles, that um, sales are okay, tap room runs okay, that I can just sometimes just can take a five minute break. Yeah. And then and then work from there, regain that energy again, and then hopefully grow even bigger and better. Well, maybe when you're taking that five minute break, can I give you some advice? Maybe don't smash down some of your, your doubles or your triples. <laughs> And then you'll be able to. <laughs> Those are the best to smash down when you've got five minutes time. <laughs> oh, I get that, and it's important. Like I, I think we're similar age, without without knowing. But I would say, like, you get towards your fifties and that sort of thing, and you start to think about, you know, where's my life going from here, and and am I doing the yeah. right things now? Is my yeah. health going to be okay long term, and do I need to find some more work life balance? And you know, that sort yeah. of comes a little bit when your kids start to be self-sufficient, like obviously uh, yours now is and, and mine are as well. Um, you've got to start looking after yourself and and, and giving yeah. back to yourself. So I think that's, that's really important because you could go and work your guts out and try and, you know, I don't know, let's say franchise to other, to other yeah. parts of Australia, but at the end of the day, is that going to be any good to you if you're dead? Because no, you're exhausted. That, that, yeah, that, that is true. And um, I know a lot of people from the beer industry told us that as soon as you start up a brewery, you really need to watch and look after yourself because a lot of people have failed in doing that in within the first two years and yeah. ended up with a burnout and everything. So yes. I'm very grateful that they told us that because Jimmy and myself, we are very aware of that. And, and yes, we have hit that wall a couple of times maybe already and again we know that we really need to watch after ourselves as well and we've got a very very good team working with us and they all do an amazing job and um, they work really hard and they are kicking goals and and that is just amazing and it gives us that confidence that um within a couple of weeks months we finally will find that five minutes break yeah, nice. Then you can head on down to Jupiter's Casino and whack a little cheeky bet on, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that about the, the most Gold Coast sort of thing you have done in your time up there, head on down to Jupiter's? or We have not been there. I haven't got time. I just told you. <laughs> Work, eat, sleep, repeat. <sighs> That's you're, you're in Australia. This, this you've got to you've got to do the relaxing every now and then. That's, that's what you've moved here for, is it? To yeah, yeah, be in the lucky yes. country, as they say. Absolutely. And and actually, I love Australia because if um, when we are sitting outside and everything, we've got a few palm trees in our garden and I'm nice. sitting out there looking at the blue sky, seeing those palm tree leaves and I'm like, 
I live in paradise. It's a pretty good part of the world. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. I'm, I'm really happy for you. This is a great little project that's um, really starting to gain some traction. I'm, and I'm so glad that Brad from Rowling's Labels, uh, you know, reached out and said, hey, you've got to check out what these guys are doing because it's it's really, really cool. So uh, that is this craft beer world. As you say, the industry is so great at sharing um, and enjoying each other's success and that sort of thing, which is exactly what we're doing here tonight. So uh, best Absolutely. of luck for the future. I'm, I'm going to be watching on uh, from a, from afar down here in Hobart, not, not on the other side of the world, uh, because uh, you know the Belgian beers are, are, are a wonderful style of beer, your yeah. sort and the wild wild ferment ones as well. <laughs> I love them both. It's a, and as you say, great history, and we've got to learn about yeah. it. I love Absolutely. It. No, so, that is awesome. And I'd love to raise a glass with you one day in our tap room. I, I've got to get up to the Gold Coast again soon, I think. And uh, there's, there's a lot of places I want to visit, but I might have to go without the family because all the places I want to visit are all the breweries I've been speaking to for we've, the last we've, 12 or 18 months. Dream World and Movie World and all those things where you can. I, my, yeah, no, my kids are, are well versed in the in the world of of uh, theme parks and that sort of thing. They're probably getting past that now at uh, eighteen and or nine, what, nineteen and and fifteen. But um, dad, yeah, same age still, as ours. Ours yeah. are uh, turning nineteen and turning seventeen. Yeah, nice. It's a it's a good age that you can um, enjoy their company and not have to do everything for them. I love it. Uh, except for driving around. Oh, yeah, I've got another one to teach very soon. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Uh, Annalise, thanks so much. And speaking of, I, I said to Annalise earlier, I got a hard out tonight because I've got to go and pick my daughter up from a job at McDonald's. <laughs> this is ju- juggling the work-life balance, isn't it? It's just always yes. a juggle. So yeah. uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat tonight. I wish we could go on longer, but I do have to go and pick up my daughter. Um, thank you very much and best of luck for the future. I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And, oh, and say good day to Jimmy for I will. Thank you very much for for having me. No worries. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you like the story and want to hear more, please subscribe via your favourite podcast service so that you are notified of new episodes. You can also rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify to help others find it. If you have an idea for a guest, shoot me a message via the socials. And speaking of them, if you aren't already, why don't you follow me on Instagram and Facebook? Help me spread this craft beer gospel. And finally, cheers to great beers.